And just purely by changing that mindset and looking at how are people making decisions when they go through this decision-making process, what are some of the things they're doing? And can I take some of the heavy lifting off them so that I can present them with something that's insightful and helps them with the decision at hand? Hi, and welcome to Helping You Perform. I'm your host, Paul Teasdale. Over a career working with high-performing teams from across the globe, including seven years working with Formula One team McLaren, I've learned a lot about what it takes to drive results. In this weekly podcast series, I'm going to be bringing you tips, tricks, and insights from the world of Formula One that you can apply for your organization for your own high performance. Enjoy. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Helping You Perform podcast where I bring the learnings that I've taken from my seven years working with Formula One team McLaren and help bring those tips, tricks and insights so that you can apply those learnings for your own performance. In last week's episode, episode six, we covered off the P element of rapid. That's P for people. And specifically, we talked about people and capability. How do you ensure you've got the right people in the right roles? And how do you ensure that you're not missing out on the talent pools that are out there? Now, in today's session, we're going to be covering off I for insights from that rapid model. Now, before I get into a couple of stories about what that means in the world of Formula One, I just want to give a couple of definitions as to what do I mean when I'm talking about insights and how does that differ from data and information? Now, in my simplistic mind, data is the what, Information is so what, and insights are what now. So data are the raw facts and figures that describe a situation. It might be the speed of the car or the tire pressure. It might also be your sales figures or your production downtime from the previous day. Or it might be your number of open vacancies that you have in your recruitment team. Information is where you bring that data together and present it back in a way that adds a bit more value. The so what, what does that mean? So you can start to look at trends and you can start to look at what does what you're doing yesterday or what you did yesterday, how does that compare to what you planned to do in the first place? So you can do plan versus actual, you can do trending, you can do analysis. So you can present that back in such a way that it adds a bit more value to your people. But ultimately, your people are having to do something either um, physically or most, most likely mentally with that information to help them reach a conclusion so that they've got a decision to make. Now, where insights differ, insights bring that data and information together and maybe package it up in sorts of all sorts of different elements of information and present it back in such a way that it's specifically designed to help with the decision at hand. Now, I'm gonna to come to a couple of examples of this, both good and bad. So let's start with a good example from the world of Formula One. Now, when you go into mission control, if you ever get the opportunity to in, uh, in Woking, in McLaren Technology Center, what you'll see there are some huge boards in front of you. It's almost like that NASA control room view. Now, one of the key bits of information that's uh, that's shown on there is a map of the track that's being raced that weekend. And at any one time within a race or within um, practice, whatever it might be, you can see physically 
where your car is in comparison to the competition. And you can see that physical gap as to where your car is, where the competition is, and you can start to um, make some inferences as to what that means. But if you think about it, the difference in physical distance of a car on track when it's on the straight compared to where if it's in a really tight, slow corner can be very different. But ultimately, the time differential is the same or the ability to overtake might be the same. So what McLaren were really good at and what they delved into was how are people making decisions when it comes to the decisions that they've got to make? Now, the decision they, they might have to make is, do I tell the driver to put, uh, put more power on and try and overtake now? Or it might be around, do I pit? If I pit now, where am I going to come out in terms of traffic? Or if there's a safety car, what do I do now? But ultimately, a lot of those decisions, the basis of those decisions isn't a, a physical spatial difference as to where you are now compared to somebody else or to a different part of the track. It's a time differential. What's the time differential between me and the competition? How long before I get to um, the pits? So what they've done is they translated that physical or still had the physical map up on the wall because that's useful and it's good reference for people. But in every single race, there's just a single circle that demonstrates and represents the track. And what you can do is translate the, the information and the data as to the uh, spatial differential between cars and translate that into a time differential so that you can constantly see no matter where you are on the track, straights or tight corners. That will always be constant in terms of how far in time are you behind or in front of the car. Now that can be really useful because in the moment when a decision needs to be made, you don't want people thinking, right, I'm quite far away from a competition, but I'm on a straight. So what does that mean? Does that different? Is that different to being on a corner? Uh, what's that in this situation? Uh, and so people get caught up in the moment having to think about those sort of manual um, transactional elements of, of information as to what does it mean for me in that moment with the decision that I need to make. So by translating it and uh, presenting it back to people in this simple circle format, they're able to um, take all of that sort of headspace that people need to make those calculations and already do it for them and present that information back in a way that adds value. Now that's a great insight because in that moment you can look up at where your car is right now. You can see, right, this is how far in time I am behind my competition. This is how far I am from um, the being able to pit. So the decision right now is fairly easy because I need to do the do X or Y. Now, a particularly bad example of this that I saw when I was uh, going out to a particular client in the health industry, for instance. Now, this is a room of about 20 experts in their field, and they were all experts in uh, cancer patients. And once a month, these experts would get together and they would discuss the cases that were on their books. Now, quite a lot of cases, so they had to go through them at a fair pace. And they were making key decisions about these people uh, and their treatment. What treatment options were in front of them? What would they recommend? Would there be any suggestions as to what else they could do? Really, you know, life impacting decisions. And one of the first things I noticed was that everybody sat down and had a printed version 
of a report of each of the individuals. And that in individual report would have the name, the date of birth, the you know a few key facts and figures about some of that maybe their blood um metrics and they they would then discuss case by case what's going on so the first case would come up and say right patient a is a gentleman who was born in 1977 and that means he's 45 years old and therefore he needs to go in this now that data was presented to them in as date of birth 1977. Now, it would be very simple to present that data back to them in a way that said 45 years old, or in the region of 40 to 50. Because the decisions that were being made were affected by what age bracket the, um, the individual patients were in. So instead of presenting the, the information and the data back to people in a way that helped them with the decision, they were making people subconsciously making people calculate individual ages and understand which brackets they fell into. And just purely by changing that mindset and looking at how are people making decisions when they go through this decision making process, what are some of the things they're doing? And can I take some of the heavy lifting off them so that I can present them with something that's insightful and helps them with the decision at hand? So just by changing the report to say patient A is in the 40 to 50 year old bracket, non-smoker, bloods of this, X, Y, Z. That helps with the decision at hand. So what would it mean to you? What would it mean to you and your organization to be able to truly understand how people are making decisions and have some of that heavy lifting that mind space, the head space that's taken up in those subconscious calculations and just take that away from people and present them with the insights so that they are free to make the decisions that they need to make. It might not sound a lot, but all of those little things add up. And if you can free that headspace up for people, you can make much clearer, much better decisions. So have a think about what that means in your organization. How are people making the decisions that are there for your team to make? Are you having to translate information and data that's presented to you so that it means something more meaningful to you with the decisions that you're looking to make? And can you go back to the people who are presenting that information to you and say, can you give me this in a more insightful way? And insightful for me means presenting it in X, Y, and Z fashion. Or if you're the person who's in charge of giving that data and information back to people, truly get under the skin as to how are they making those decisions? What are they doing? What calculations, what sort of questions have they got in their mind when they're making those decisions? And what can you do to present things in a way that truly helps them to make the best decision at hand? So have a think about that for your organization. Truly test yourself. Are we providing insights to our people or are we just giving them data and information? And in next week's episode, we're going to talk about D for data and how does this relate to insights that we've just started to generate? As always, please reach out to me with any feedback, any additional questions, any of these areas you want me to dive into in a bit more detail over the coming weeks. And I can work on that and make sure that I'm giving you the value that you need in these episodes. And as always, again, I do offer, and I mean this, a free 
no obligation, 30 minute chat, where just contact me, we'll set up some time, we'll talk about what this means to your situation and how I can add value to your situation. And then we can discuss where things go from there. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I look forward to speaking to you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Helping You Perform podcast. If you found value in this episode, please take a moment to like, share, or review the podcast. You can reach out to me at any time, either through LinkedIn or through my website at www.paulteasdale.co.uk. I look forward to speaking to you in the next episode.